Welcome to another episode of the Aftershock, where I'm going to be giving you the latest and greatest in all things Web3 and in the metaverse. Now, the last week was uh, definitely an interesting one as we head into the month of February. Got lots of really interesting stories that have come out. And so uh, without further ado, we're just going to get right into it. We're going to look straight first at the Aftershock. The Aftershock. So this week's first story comes with Silvergate. Silvergate faces DOJ investigation over FTX and Alameda dealings. Now, the crypto bank hasn't been accused of any wrongdoing, but prosecutors want to see how deep the dealings between the crypto bank and FTX went. So the crypto bank Silvergate is reportedly being probed by United States Department of Justice fraud unit over its involvement with bankrupt FTX exchange and its affiliates. The probe is investigating Silvergate's hosting of accounts linked to former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried's businesses. And that comes from a report from Bloomberg um, from February 3rd, and it cited people familiar with the matter. And the California-based crypto bank is not accused of any crime, but investigators are attempting to discover how deep the dealings with FTX and Alameda went. As FTX continues to unfold, we're going to get more and more information that's going to come out. Now, the, the... diligence that's going to be put into securing all the information that has to do with this court case when it eventually does go to court is going to take a long time. Uh, There is a lot of discovery that's going to have to come across. And on that path, there's going to be, unfortunately, a lot of companies that get in the crosshairs of the people that are being involved in this case. So I think this is going to be yet another company that's going to be directly impacted. And uh, as the DOJ, Department of Justice, um, gets looked into, who knows what that could, uh, the ramifications could be from that. Um, USDC, which is Circle, uh, one of their main banks is Silvergate. So a stable coin to be on the lookout for. Not sure if it's going to have really big implications, but something to keep in mind nonetheless. So the next article that we're going to be looking at is the Europex stablecoin powered by Ethereum launches in Finland. So Feedback Euros joined the growing list of stablecoin offerings that have received regulatory approval from the EU authorities. Now, yes, for a lot of Americans here, everything doesn't necessarily settle in the United States dollar. So stablecoins like USDC and Tether, etc., that do peg back to the dollar, you're seeing more of these stablecoins that are pegged to the euro. Finnish company Membrane Finance has released a fully reserved stablecoin backed by the euro, according to a February 2nd blog post from the company. The company is licensed by the Finnish Financial Supervisory Authority, which targets to reduce complexity of converting and paying in volatile cryptocurrencies. I think it's really encouraging to see European countries try to stabilize the uh, crypto markets by providing a stablecoin that can be trusted. And looks like Finland is trying to be take some of the first steps to to get that accomplished. So we'll continue to watch this. I think there's probably going to be more stable coins that come out into the future, but this is hopefully a good first step. Um, as a euro based um, stable coin hits the market, our next article looks at 
MicroStrategy saying no plans to stop trading Bitcoin as a paper loss hits $1.3 billion. So MicroStrategy has booked a loss of $34 million on its first ever Bitcoin sale last quarter, but said it conducted to harvest a tax loss. The software analytics company MicroStrategy recorded a paper loss of over a billion dollars on its Bitcoin holdings in 2022, but it's not planning on stopping any tra- uh, trading Bitcoin. They are very bullish on Bitcoin. They are probably one of the most bullish companies as it relates to Bitcoin. They bought at the top. They bought all the way down. And looks like they're not stopping anytime soon. So it, this is either going to look... When we look back on history, this is going to be either one of the um, not smartest investments of all time or could prove to be one of the greatest investments of all time, uh, pending on the time horizon. So I think if MicroStrategy can survive this moment in time, uh, they're going to turn out okay. I think that they, uh, when you look at Berkshire Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett's company and what he's been able to accomplish over the years, I think that MicroStrategy could have that type of moment if they can survive this moment because they have a ton, a ton of Bitcoin. And if Bitcoin can get back to its all-time highs and even push higher and get to that six-figure price point, MicroStrategy is going to be sitting just fine. So um, it doesn't surprise me that although they have lost over a billion dollars worth of assets, that they're still buying and they're still bullish. Uh, I'm, I'm still bullish on Bitcoin myself. So I get it. Next, I'm going to look at FBI seizing over $100,000 in NFTs from a scammer following the Zach XBT investigation. The seized property included a board, ape, yacht club, and doodles NFT, 85.6 Ether, and a flashy automator's bigette watch that ultimately helped Zach XBT identify the alleged scammer. So the FBI seized 86.5 Ether and NFTs and... Uh, the person in question, Chase Cynical, also known as Horror HZ Online, was only exposed via a lengthy investigation by an independent blockchain sleuth. Zach XPT posted back in September 2022. So the FBI's official notification on February 3rd outlined Seneca's property, including an Ademir's Beget Royal Oak Watch worth 41000 was seized for federal forfeiture for violation of the federal law. So again, a lot of these scammers and uh, people out here, there's more resources, researchers out there that people can hire as, uh, in, as investigators to look into these matters. And again, with crypto being on blockchain and someone having enough time and resources to go through each of these transactions, they can go back and find you. And just like this, uh, looks like the FBI is getting involved and was able to go and seize uh, a good amount of money uh, to try to get justice for the scammer in this particular case. So as much as scamming is not fun, at least in the world of blockchain, you have a chance to hopefully get back some of that money or at least bring that person to justice uh, for having tried to scam you. Our next article is looking at Elon Musk. As Elon Musk eyes Twitter payments by looking at fiat first and crypto later. So Twitter's director of product management is reportedly designing the software needed to implement Musk's payment vision with a small team. The Financial Times reported Monday that the microblogging site has been applying for required regulatory licenses in the United States and is shaping the software needed to implement the payments plan. Musk reportedly wants to 
wants the system to be fiat first and foremost so that crypto payments can be added at a later point. He intends to create an everything app. One is expected to be similar to China's WeChat for a suite of services like peer-to-peer payments and social networking and e-commerce, e-commerce shopping. This does not surprise me. Um, that was actually the first thing that came to my mind when I first saw this headline. I was like, oh, he's trying to create WeChat. And for all of those who don't know uh, the extent of WeChat, WeChat is your everything app in, in China. Uh, payments, uh, messaging, you name it, you're able to do it within that application. Um, he is trying to create that same type of all-in-everything uh, application here in the States. And he has the mind and I think the team to try to make that a reality. So it'll be interesting to see how he's able to evolve the product. Hopefully it doesn't scare everybody away. Because uh, I also uh, saw some news recently that he's trying to charge some of your top tier businesses $1,000 a month or more, which, you know, good luck with that. Uh, but all the same, it's interesting to see where this roadmap is going to go and how we can try to turn Twitter into a, a profitable business. Our next article is going to be looking at Jack Dorsey. So Jack Dorsey uh, backed Web3 app aims to disrupt Twitter. So Dorsey described Nordstrom's app launch as a milestone open, uh, a milestone for open protocols. So the new decentralized social network protocol Nordstrom officially went live via mobile app stores on Wednesday. Nordstrom, which is spelled N-O-S-T-R, um, which stands for notes and other stuff transmitted by relays, aims to create a censorship-resistant global social network where users are identified by public key rather than a name or user handle like most social platforms. It doesn't rely on any trusted central server, hence it is resilient. It is based on cryptographic keys and signatures, so it is tamper-proof. It does not rely on person-to-person P2P techniques. Therefore, it works. The GitHub page says. So what I think is interesting about this is really going after the, the pure decentralized angle. Now, Twitter's clearly centralized and I don't think it's going to not be centralized anytime soon. I don't think decentralization is the aim or the focus. But Jack Dorsey, the old CEO of Twitter, is really trying to take that approach and create that decentralized experience uh, for the community and, and Web3 and, and everything else. So I don't know how... I don't know if it's going to catch as much fire. I think there's always going to be some people that use it and, and I really like this, like the privacy and, and being undocked and everything else. And I think that's really for the audience, but I don't think that that's the majority. So I am curious how that's going to compete really with Twitter in the long run. But time will tell and we'll, we'll keep watching it. Our final article in Web3 Lightning Round has to do with Indonesia targeting its launch of a national crypto exchange by June. So Indonesia's financial services regulator had hoped to set the crypto exchange by the end of 2022, but it was delayed by a number of obstacles. So Trade Minister Sokofili Hassan shared a new target launch date of February 2nd at the opening of Crypto Literacy Month in Jakarta, noting that the government is currently reviewing which companies meet the criteria to become part of the exchange according to local reports. There are five crypto exchanges that are currently registered with the country's regulators, and the ministry's crypto exchange could encompass all of them. So what's great about this is seeing 
crypto's borders continue to expand across the world as exchanges or providing accessibility for more citizens to go from their local fiat currency into cryptocurrency um, is allowing for that, that trustless, borderless type of monetary system that makes crypto as amazing as it is. So I think we will see more and more companies, countries continue to evolve and allow for more marketplaces to be created, um, which also will allow for competition and also allow for various citizens to on-ramp into the crypto space. And I think it also allows them to off-ramp as well. So, you know, for example, if you live in the States or you live somewhere else and now you want to potentially move to Indonesia, use your crypto to off-ramp into the local currency there, you now can legally do that. So again, I think this is a positive and I think it's showing the ever-expanding footprint that Web3 is starting to have in the world. So now we're going to look at last week in the metaverse where we focused on all things NFTs, metaverses, and so on. So the first article we're looking at is Logan Paul and CryptoZoo hit with lawsuit as investors take action. Plaintiff Don Holland was Plaintiff Don Holland has filed a lawsuit against CryptoZoo and Logan Paul, alleging that the YouTube influencers fraudulent ventured executed a rug pull. So CryptoZoo and Logan Paul have been named as defendants in a newly filed class action lawsuit, which alleges they stole millions of dollars worth of purchasers' cryptocurrency via fraudulent venture. In a court filing, the District Court of Western District of Texas plaintiff Don Holland alleged that Paul and executives of CryptoZoo executed a rug pull by promising purchasers of NFTs exclusive access to crypto assets, among other benefits, but ultimately abandoned the project and kept the funds. As part of the defendant's NFT scheme, defendants marketed CZ NFTs to purchasers by falsely claiming that in exchange for transferring cryptocurrency to purchase the CZ NFT, purchasers would later receive benefits, including, among other things, rewards, exclusive access, and other cryptocurrency assets in the support of an online ecosystem to use the market CZ NFTs. Unfortunately, this is not the last. Uh, it's not the first, nor will it be the last rug pull that you see by a superstar. Last year, we covered a similar type of news story with Kim Kardashian and her NFT project. And, you know, there are several other um, superstars, unfortunately, and, and people in the limelight that, that come in. They promise all of these things with their NFTs. Uh, they don't deliver on them. They ultimately abandon the project going on to the next shiny object and leave all these people who purchased with, with nothing. So uh, again, I, I unfortunately think that this trend will continue. I think unless you find these different types of celebrities that really buy it into Web3 and really want to drive home value to community, that we'll start to see the transition and the change of more legitimate celebrity-focused NFT projects come across the board. But unfortunately, you're going you to continue to see bad actors that come across. And um, you know, sorry for all those who got involved in this one. Hopefully, you can find a way to get some of your money back. But it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. No one, no one likes getting rugged. Our next article looks at Facebook. And Facebook's parent uh, company, uh, Meta Metaverse Division, lost 
$13.7 billion in 2022. The social media giant reported losing $4.3 billion in the division in the fourth quarter alone. And it only had revenues of $727 million. Meta had one of its worst years of all time. And Mark Zuckerberg continues to double down saying that this is the future. Um, Meta platforms continue to lose massive amounts of money and it's it's, uh, fledgling Facebook Reality Labs, FRL, the vision which comprises augmented reality and virtual reality operations. There's a reason why you saw some uh, historic job cuts at Meta and it was because they were absolutely bleeding cash. And by doing that, you actually saw a surge. You saw some price action happen that went positive for uh, Meta to begin the year, as well as some of these other things. Now, it's just a lot of corporate actions uh, that have had an effect on what's happening in 2023. But looking back at 2022, the NASDAQ, a lot of these tech companies got crushed, got absolutely destroyed. Um, and crypto did as well. There's been a lot of correlations between the NASDAQ and uh, the regular crypto markets. And I think we'll continue to see that kind of uh, separate into the future, hopefully. But right now, they're pretty course closely correlated. And so that's why, as you're seeing a, a recent pump in the crypto markets, you're also seeing that happen in, in the NASDAQ. So getting back to Meta, though, Meta is staying bullish on the future of virtual reality and augmented reality and having enough experience with it myself. I see why they're, they're, they're planning on this being in the future because there's going to be a lot of time spent in, in virtual reality. I don't know if anyone here has, who's listening has ever p- tried Oculus. Um, it's a really cool and unique experience. And the, the graphics look cool now. They're going to look even better. Like when you get the Oculus a PlayStation 5 type of graphics in an Oculus, people are going to just want to spend their time there. Um, and uh, I think Zuckerberg sees that and is, is, and is investing into seeing that future become a reality. So again, not surprised about the losses, but they're probably going to have a really big year. Whenever this finally turns the corner and people really pick this up, it's probably going to be one of the greatest business decisions made. And um, uh, we'll, see, we'll see if this uh, position ages well, but I, I, for one, think that this is a really good call into the future. Next, we're going to look at NFTs getting physical with the world's first real store opened in Dubai. So NFT trend might have originated in the digital universe, but the growing popularity in real-world NFT organizations indicates that its future lies in the physical world. Numerous crowded crypto events across the globe in 2022 show that technology needs a physical and in-person interaction to expand, and NFTs are no exception. Given that the crypto industry perceives NFTs as the newest form of art, it's no surprise that the first attempts to bring them to the physical world involved art galleries. However, the potential of NFTs extends beyond artistic use, and industry is starting to realize that. Dubai, the pioneering crypto hub of the thriving Middle East and North African region, introduced a fresh take on non-fungible tokens and launched of two physical NFT shops. Located in the Mall of Emirates and an upcoming location at Dubai Mall, both stores are creating an FTNFT, a FastX brand, uh, feature new ways to interact with NFTs. I think it's really cool. Um, you can go look at some different visuals of, of how they're putting this together. 
Um, it's it's really unique. Um, it looks really really cool. Um, I, I can't do justice by just describing this to you, but this would be worth a, a cool Google search and seeing how they're 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 making this into a reality. And I I agree that we're going to see more NFTs become more uh, physical physical uh, NFTs where you can like bring some of these assets into the physical world and and be able to express it in various ways. So again, I don't think this is going to be in that the the end of seeing this trend. Our next story looks at Samsung. So Samsung is preparing its own metaverse hardware in partnership with Google and Qualcomm. Samsung, the Korean mobile company, revealed that it's joining the market of metaverse and VR headsets soon. The company announced that it's already working on what is called extended reality hardware, hinting at the production of a VR headset. So again, just we just spoke on Facebook and how they're spending so much money on the metaverse. Samsung's seeing that and they're like, yeah, we should probably get involved too. Let's not be late moving to this. So, uh, and, and again, with uh, Metaverse, uh, Meta, I brought up the Oculus. They they bought Oculus from someone else for a couple billion dollars and, and now it's worth a ton more. Samsung has been observing this and now is trying to make the move and trying to enter the Metaverse uh, by making some hardware with virtual reality glasses. So, there will... Companies are seeing this trend go in this direction. It's all about how can you make the best hardware that people enjoy using, has good graphics, has good battery life, etc. And so, enter Samsung. Samsung is now entered the chat and is trying to compete. So, be on the lookout for them. Um, they have some really cool stuff coming. And um, I know I'm going to be watching them more closely. Next, we're going to look at OpenSea which released a suite of new tools for creative NFT drops. The new experience allows select creators to include multi-stage minting phases, allow list support, and personalized landing pages in their NFT releases. So the NFT marketplace OpenSea released the next phase of its drops feature. In a series of tweets, OpenSea said that the first version of drops offered an immersive experience to select partners that launched their collection on its platform. Over the past few months, they work closely with 20 amazing teams to build best-in-class drops experience that includes features like multi-stage minting phases, allowing allow list support and rich storytelling elements. So what this tells me is that looking at all of the different types of projects that launch in a lot of different ways, typically they launched on their native website and then the secondary market, you could go on OpenSea and then purchase that. They want to allow, instead of you creating your own website, going in and building out these really elaborate uh, code to get this going, they're they're trying to bring it straight to you. It's like, hey, you can skip all those steps, do it straight on our on our platform. We're going to make it a really uh, great experience for you and for your team. So OpenSea is trying to become the monopoly of all phases of the NFT process, and I don't blame them. And I think they're really starting to make the threshold even greater as they add more and more robust and rich um, features like this. So I think this is a really good step in the right direction, and. Uh, We'll keep tracking how once this is launched, what the success is with builders coming over to OpenSea to, to launch their um, Mint projects. We're looking next at Sandbox's Sands surging 90% since the start of the year ahead of its token unlock. The token unlock scheduled for mid-February will release about 12% of the token's supply. So Sandbox token uh, is, is, again, um, the utility token for the Sandbox ecosystem is the basis for transactions interactions on its platform. 
Um, its price has already gone up by 90% since the start of the year and is now trading around 74 cents. What's interesting about this, uh, usually when you have token releases coming up, you see a, a decrease, but you're seeing the inverse here. And I think that's because if you look across the entire landscape of metaverses, you're seeing metaverses starting to uh, be breathed back some some error of electricity and excitement. Um, Sandbox is uh, one of the uh, premier metaverses that are out there. And I think you're going to see more and more people uh, get involved in their ecosystem. So again, one that's having a really big rally right now, one to keep an eye out on and wanted to uh, get that on your radar. But our final story is looking at eBay. eBay wants NFTs to connect fans with sports stars. So the company is working with Notable Live to bring limited edition NFTs and player merchandise to its platform. Interactive virtual events platform Notable Live is to partner with eBay to leverage NFTs for fan experiences with their favorite sports players, leagues, teams, and other initiatives. The partnerships will combine eBay's collectible marketplace with immersive experience facilitated by Notable Live and provide fans with a platform to connect with players. eBay's venture capital arm, eBay Ventures, previously led Notable Live Series A round and the company said in a statement, the two businesses are currently executing a multi-year contract where Notable Live will, bring, will be bringing limited edition NFTs and player merchandise to eBay. So again, eBay enters the chat. Right now, they're putting it out there as limited edition NFTs, but they also are starting to say digital collectibles. I think that as an entire market, you're going to see digital collectibles become more of the thing uh, as it connects more with the Web 2.0 world. And as uh, the term NFT um, becomes less and less uh, sexy. So eBay is trying to now become a competitor in the space. They've seen how uh, Topshop has done uh, pretty well. And they're trying to say, okay, well, what can we do to, to try to get into that type of sports memorabilia opportunity? And this is a, a first stab that looks like they're doing this. And you know, what better way than to uh, use one of your portfolio companies that you've invested in to help launch this type of initiative? So it's very synergistic, makes a lot of sense. And... and a story that um, I am going to continue to watch. So that is going to wrap it for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this week's Aftershock and looking at last week in the metaverse. Uh, plenty of stories that came across, a lot of really interesting ones. I think that we're starting to see more excitement build. Uh, in bear markets is when you see the builders come out and they start building really extensively. And I think that on the other end of it, you've, you've seen people who've been building for the last 6 to 12 months and they're ready to now bring these products to the world. I think Q1, Q2 is going to be really exciting with a lot of these newer projects that are going to be looking to launch. And I think as bullish momentum continues to come into the space, uh, we will have more moments of, of excitement like this. So again, thank you all for, for coming and listening in. If you liked what you saw today, please make sure you subscribe. Please make sure you leave a like, leave some comments on some stories that you like. If there's something in there that you didn't like or thought I need correcting, feel free to share that with me too. I'm always down for some feedback. Uh, for all those listening to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't checked us out over on YouTube yet, make sure you go over there and check us out there too. Um, but as always, hope everyone continues to stay cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. 
All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. 